Beyond the, Beyond the Headlines. This is World Insight. Hello and welcome to World Insight with me, Tian Wei. AI Sora has been a source of both astonishment and alarm. With little proven regulation on rapid AI advances, such technology raises fears about deep fakes, for example. Cutting-edge tech developer OpenAI did say it was taking key safety steps before making Sora widely available. In December 2023, the European Union Parliament and the Council reached an agreement on the European Union AI Act, the world's first comprehensive AI regulation. Since then, discussion about AI governance has been greatly intensified. On the latest about AI development and AI governance, let's hear from our panelists. On the latest development with AI, we have Zeng Yi, professor at Chinese Academy of Sciences, and Alex Zararonskov, CEO of In Silico Medicine. Welcome to both of you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Zeng Yi is a great expert from China on AI governance. And of course, Alex has been one working on generative AI over the past years. and have achieved already tremendous results. So today I'm having both of you here with the latest development, both from OpenAI and also from uh, Gemini 1.5. Tell me about your thoughts on these two latest developments and what they mean to all of us. Let's go with Alex first. You are the practitioner. Uh, sure. So what we've seen from OpenAI in the past uh, two weeks was tremendous. It's uh, one of the most uh, uh, fundamental advances in, I would say, applied generative AI, because uh, the models that have been uh, utilized for and the architecture that have been utilized for Sora are published and well-known. So uh, it's a diffusion model uh, that is a diffusion transformer. So I, uh, to my understanding, uh, we do not see a fundamental breakthrough in uh, specific um, deep learning technology. However, uh, the way they managed to put it together and train is just spectacular because uh, it manages to produce 60-second videos with unprecedented resolution, quality, and accuracy. And uh, this demonstration really provides the entire industry, the entire world, a vision for what is yet to come, because uh, there is a lot of hype about AI. And until OpenAI managed to industrialize and consumerize uh, ChatGPT, people just didn't believe uh, what's going to happen and uh, that deep learning systems can reason. And many argue this is only the tip of the iceberg. There is much more to come, both uh, with uh, uh, Sora and what it might mean for the capabilities of OpenAI and also for Gemini 1.5. Alex? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we think that many of the co companies currently, uh, especially the hyperscalers, are working on uh, larger models, uh, better models that can be industrialized and consumerized. Of course, OpenAI currently at the, is at the leading edge, and they work with Microsoft and other hyperscalers to ensure that they maintain this technological uh, dominance. It requires a lot of compute, it requires great talent, and mm -hmm. requires a lot of uh, experience. So the reason why they managed to perform such uh, at this high level is yeah. they have a lot of experience with both text, uh, uh, so NLP, National Language Processing, 
uh, systems and uh, video and multimodal uh, transformers, and they know how to train. So some of those uh, transformers require step-by-step training where you train uh, on specific data type or specific um, data source in order for the model to acquire certain capabilities. And then you train uh, on other uh, data sources, very often diverse data sources, Mm -hmm. uh, in order to acquire even more capabilities and get to the level of quality that you are seeing. Gemini uh, is not also, in my opinion, it's not a fundamental advance. They also managed to just make it uh, more industry-friendly and uh, ensure that it can be consumerized. So you've got a very large context window, you've got yeah. uh, massive capabilities and the reasoning capabilities, but I don't think we're seeing a fundamental shift in terms of the model architecture. So we're talking about, uh, in one case, diffusion transformers. Diffusion has been used uh, quite a bit already, stability AI and mid-journey. We're utilizing this technology for a very long time. You are absorbing all of this from China. This has already created a big stir of debates here in this country. What is your response to uh, the latest development of uh, Sora and also Gemini 1.5? Yeah, I think from more application point of view, uh, I would say that the advancement on Sora shows that when you have such amount of data and you have the right way to use the data, and then what, what kind of power it can bring you to. But I still would say in a very specific domains, uh, the, the advancement is somewhat clear. Well, on the other side, I, I, I'm very agree with Alex um, that there are no real scientific breakthrough uh, in, in supposing Sora and, and Gemini. They are both talking about having the right data, using the uh, data in a maximum way and, and make predictions by using this larger scale data. So there are a lot that can be done. Uh, but I think this is somewhat different from the perception of, from the Chinese audience and also the audience all over the world, because there are many arguments saying we're having a huge step forward, artificial general intelligence. And maybe before Sora, you, you need 10 to 50 years uh, to get into artificial general intelligence. Now, maybe you only need one year. I totally disagree uh, with this kind of argument in a way that I I feel for both uh, um, GPT and, and Sora, as well as actually uh, Gemini, it, it shows multitasking of the uh, artificial intelligence model. Mm-hmm. It never mm-hmm. shows real generality. It never shows the human way to deal with uh, things. So you can actually, of course, when you have the right data, it, it surprises you in, in, in some good ways, but also for the problems left there is still very obvious. So it learns correlations between these data patches, uh, but uh, it never really understands uh, the physical world. So people mm-hmm. were arguing now they can model the physical world. I think no it's not really modeling the physical world it's modeling the correlations of the uh, parts of the data in the physical world so it's so it's finding correlations within these data patches it tries to map to the physical world but it doesn't mm-hmm. really understand the physical world so i have not to yet. say that yeah, no, not, not yet. yet that's fascinating the discussion from you uh but e also i want to ask uh, 
uh, a follow-up question. Because of the great debate that's created here, reminds me of a report that you and your colleagues put out regarding artificial intelligence the development stages, comparing different economies in the world. So when you see what's going on uh, with Gemini 1.5 and Sora, and also the debate here, tell us how do you re-examine the research that you're working on right now, meaning comparing capabilities of such kind among economies? Thank you. I think the the motivation of artificial intelligence is, of course, you know, to release the human labor uh, in, in in many ways. So this is the good vision. So uh, of course, AI can you know improve the society and 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 to enable the development of, of the economy. That's for sure. But well, on the other side, it's a enabling technology directly have both positive and negative influence to the society. So this sure. is why, on the other side, you have to take care of the governance of um, of AI. Now you have the powerful tools like GPT, like uh, Sora and Gemini. Uh, well, on the other side, what is the negative side? Actually, it shows. You know, seeing is believing not really possible for now. So you, uh, it's really for general audience. When you, uh, and I was told it, not only for these, you know, generative fake videos. Of course, you can use it in, in a very artistic ways or in playing uh, industry. But uh, well, on the other side, when you're using these uh, to generate fake data to to cheat. And, and to create more problems for digital forensics. So that's a horrible idea. A report that you mentioned is called Artificial AI Governance International Evaluation Index, which actually talk about the real risk. The real risk is that uh, uh, last year, the amount of AI risks that has shown compared to the previous years, actually 10 times of the fact. Uh, that AI risks has been showing more than 10 mm. times compared to the uh, previous years. And, and and for those countries, so do we really need governance? People were saying, okay, in China, the technology is really developing. Do we really need governance? Maybe it was the other countries that need governance because they're more powerful. But what I would like to say is that for the number of risks that has been showing all over the world, the United States is number one, but China is the number two for the number of risks that we have been showing in our society. And based on our analysis on the governance levels, it shows that mm. you know, the United States is doing the best, but China is doing the second. What I wanted to argue here is that it's not a competition. It's really that the United States, they have the risk right there. They need governance. And this is same, also true for China. We are number two for the number of risks that has been showing in the society. So we mm. have to do number two in at least number two in <laughs> AI governance. Yeah. This is the so, real risk for everyone. If we look at OpenAI, Alex, it is developing several products that's already shown to the public. GPT uh, is one of the chat GPT and uh, GPT 3.5 earlier last year already. And now there's a more updated version going on and also now Sora, uh, as well as other projects. If you look at their website, you could see. How do you see these different categories of development are providing us with the imagination as to how much space is there to explore? And collectively, uh, these different branches 
what would they mean eventually? Uh, what would they mean in the short term? In my opinion, we see the industrialization of technologies that emerged in uh, 2014, 2016, 2017, mm -hmm. we saw transformers. And now we are going to benefit in many, many industries from this uh, generative reasoning capabilities. And the biggest industry that will affect all of your lives is biotechnology. Because in my opinion, uh, right now, the level of wealth and the level of welfare that pretty much everybody on the planet has is significant. You know, some of the people who are now considered to be middle-class, their lifestyle and their capabilities supersede the Queen of England just 100 years ago, right? So you can have uh, really amazing sure. stuff shipped to you in real time, but you cannot buy more time, more healthy time. So we still have diseases, we still have aging, and we lose our, our physical capabilities over time, right. so regardless of what you do. And yeah. AI can now help us in a very dramatic way to understand human diseases, understand human biology, and identify novel therapeutics that will uh, help you not die. One of the things is the wow factor uh, Sora uh, has created. This is certainly encouraging in terms of waking people up about where AI is uh, at this moment. But the other thing that many have ignored is what you have just talked about, uh, the evolution and stages of revolution of a generative AI over the past uh, almost a decade. And in your field, medicine, medical field, it is also uh, making a great leap forward. But to what extent, why is your field will now be able to create such a so-called wow factor as Sara just did? For sure. So one of the reasons why we haven't seen this practical wow factor in biotech yet is because the time it takes to validate, to evaluate whether the output of a generative system is true or false, in biotech, it may take decades, right? Because you actually need to test the yes. output of a generative model every time with experiments. And yes, we can accelerate that with robotics, and we have done that as well. However, uh, when you are testing the AI-generated drugs for AI-discovered mechanisms of disease, you need to perform many, many different experiments. You need to test in experimental systems in uh, uh, animal models, then you need to go mm. into humans. And this process is very standardized and very regulated. So you actually don't need to regulate it anymore because regardless of how you discover the drug, you will need to go through human clinical trials and before mm. that, preclinical trials. And what we have done, so uh, my first generative paper was in 2016. So on generative serial networks, it's very well known. And uh, then we've published generative tensorial reinforcement learning, proof of concept in 2019, uh, and demonstrated that in 46 days, we can go from scratch into a molecule tested in mouse, which is pretty uh, significant advance. And we actually had to utilize the power of China infrastructure to be able to mm. do that because without that, we probably would have been stuck for half a year and uh, or at least. And uh, uh, it also and it showed for the entire world that now generative systems can generate molecules with the desired properties on command, on demand. Uh, however, the state predominantly on the on the pages of research papers and some of the 
uh, specialized media, it did not really reach the mass audience. However, we are now in phase two human clinical trials in the US and in China. So fingers crossed, I hope that we succeed, but uh, the risks are still pretty high. But even mm -hmm. getting with a novel therapeutic from novel uh, target, novel mechanism of disease, novel molecule with the desired properties, all the way to phase two human clinical trials, the probability of that happening from scratch uh, for a company like ours is close to zero. But we have mm -hmm. managed to do that, and we have managed to do it many times over with other therapeutics that are currently a little bit earlier. E, this is a absolutely interesting uh, case study that Alex just presented that on the one hand you can from one to a hundred within a very short period of time as a result of AI yet uh, different views are already having their established uh, governance system and no matter how fast you're doing it in the first stage with the support of AI you need to follow the second stage regulations and rules as an AI governance expert, how do you see this reality? The artificial intelligence, well, of course I'm working on ethics and governance of AI, but I'm naturally born as a technical researcher working on brains about artificial intelligence. The difference mm -hmm. is really the current AI is data-driven AI, that you find the right data, you find the expectations and you create a massive mathematical model that map data to the output. Uh, but in the middle for the model, it can have nothing to do with the human intelligence or human mechanisms of processing information. So I would mm -hmm. like to say the traditional AI, including generative AI, they're data-driven artificial intelligence. Um, but it does not really directly related to the mechanisms of human uh, intelligence. So in this way, this is why AI still make many mistakes without out of your expectation. So I cannot say well, for this at this stage, we should use AI everywhere. Actually, we should never use AI everywhere. We use we need to use AI proportionally. We should use AI as appropriate. When you feel this is safe to use AI, necessary to use AI within this scenario or in this workflow, um, and, and you have demonstrated the safety uh, you know, concerns, and then you can try that. You can speed up using it, such as you know, finding you know, the, the right components to create new medicines, uh, like what Alex uh, is doing. It's a, it's a trying, and you, you have a safety framework to, to make it right. Well, um, for other scenarios, you have to be very cautious uh, to choose whether you need to use AI at this stage, because mm. simply because the AI now is not safe and ethical enough. So I, I wouldn't say that every field has to speed up using AI. I would say still, we need to use AI proportionally. And also before using any type of AI, you need to have a safety and ethics framework to keep it safe, secure. So I'm, what I'm saying is that we need ethics and safety ready AI framework for any of the mm. field. It is a reality that we do not know much as to exactly how it happened, as you just said, uh, you know, even with uh, Sora to explain uh, what is going on between the data being put in and the output that we are observing right now. And as a result of that, how to govern it is uh, even beyond more beyond the imagination because you really need to understand the technologies in order to govern, one could argue. Your thoughts on that? 
and also I would like to go to Alexa for that too. Yeah, I think in many of the industries, people were proposing that we need to at, at the at the end of the service or the algorithms that we create different scenarios to test whether uh, they could go wrong. So this is something called red teaming. But I think the idea of red teaming is simply not enough. I think uh, it's is at the end of the service or of the or of the model you argue that we never know what's really happening within the model how can we govern it so uh, for many of the industries today say we can govern from the output but what's really needed to to do is really that we need to govern ai through this whole life cycle of ai starting from mm -hmm. the data to to its model and to the the way that you're using it or deploying it. And also you need to talk to the end user as always to get the interactions and feedbacks. So mm -hmm. what I wanted to argue here is that we need a whole life cycle governance. For the data part, it can go wrong. Talking about medicine, that if you have the wrong data, if you have the wrong experiments, how can you, you know, derive the, the, the right medicine you would like to have for the, for the society? Uh, so there are many things that can go wrong, but for the current AI, it seems that all, every industry is putting all the data together because they say there are magic underlying that. So we have to use as much data as we could. But uh, my problem would be that there are many risks right there. There are many uh, pitfalls that can go wrong, you know, by I using see. this uh, data. So you have to go it uh, for whole life cycle, not really okay. just using routine. Alex? Yeah. So uh, in biomedicine, uh, it's already the, probably the most regulated uh, industry in the world, right? That's yeah. why we probably need to figure out how to reduce regulation uh, and to be more AI friendly rather than the other way around. Because again, what do you mean by saying AI friendly? So uh, again, AI can do many things much faster now than humans could in the past. And at least in our hands, it became much more reliable since 2016 when we started. It's now utilized by, you know, 10 out of the top 20 pharmaceutical companies. We have massive validation. We know which data to use. And we see a lot of experimental success, right? At least at the preclinical level when you test in animals. Now we're going to humans, we've demonstrated safety several times, right? So right now, if uh, some country wanted to really race ahead and design novel therapeutics faster and with higher level of quality and confidence, it should work together with companies like ours to understand how to make it faster with the human clinical trials, right? To see if we can set a record. So in our industry, I think that regulation should be more kind of loose, right, in terms of getting the approvals and getting the proof of concept, because we mm -hmm. need this for a moment, we need to have the chat GPT moment in our field, and that moment will only come when the yeah. AI-generated drug will get approved and will start curing cancer or fibrosis or Alzheimer's or reversing your biological aging, maybe even. So uh, in some areas, we need to have the regulators thinking about how to take uh, the advances in AI in order to advance biotechnology, because this industry is lagging behind all other industries. So we need to figure out how to put more investment and more 
regulatory support in order to uh -huh. stimulate this area. And right now, wow. I also see another huge challenge to AI development and AI and biomedicine development, which is geopolitics. So people are just, uh, you know, they're not thinking about their health and the health of uh, billions of people out there. They're thinking about, uh, you know, how to make the name for this themselves, uh, talking about how to restrict the collaboration between US and China, right? And again, in biomedicine, it cannot happen. It can be only the last straw to be broken, right? Because uh, everybody is getting diseases, everybody is getting uh, older, and also we've seen what happened during the pandemic. Guess what? Mm. Uh, currently, we don't have effective drugs that were genuinely invented during the pandemic era. So we have learned nothing. That's our latest discussion about Sora and AI governance. That's all the time we have for today. I'm Tian Wei on behalf of the team. Thanks for being with us. <laughs>